Hi everyone, welcome to Her Bold Story. I'm Inga Davids, your host. Her Bold Story is a show that amplifies women's stories about leadership, career, empowerment, and everything in between. In episode four today, we talk about the language that we use when communicating our ideas, asserting ourselves, and how we show up and take up space in the room. As women, we often use hedging phrases such as, sorry to interrupt, I'm no expert but, or the infamous quick question. Is there truly a place for this type of language? Why do we do this? Is it to our detriment? I'll be discussing this topic with our phenomenal woman today, who is a well-known South African impact entrepreneur, who is woven into the fabric of the South African tech industry. Besides that, she also serves as the Inspiring 50 brand ambassador and was the first managing director at Silicon Cape. Welcome Ellen Fisher to Her Bold Story. Thank you for joining us today. Good morning, Inga. Yeah, it's great to be here. I'm so excited to share the space with you. Um, I know when we had our introductory call a few weeks or a month ago, I think we really just gravitated towards speaking about language and the role of language um, in our personal and professional lives. What role has language played in your leadership journey? I think from a, from a personal perspective, Inga, um, you know, like in any relationship or in any environment you're in, we always talk about communication being so important. Mm. And we all know that and we accept that. But we really actually taught about, we really taught communication skills. And from my background as a social worker, you know, I was theoretically and also practically and my work experience, about the 10 years I worked as a social worker, you're always trying to intervene and, and assist people in being able to solve their own problems. And a lot of it is not because of, but uh, communication plays a big role. People misunderstanding each other. Mm. And so you actually teach people how to reframe um, their questions, reframe their demands, uh, learn how to articulate that. And it's been no different in, in my tech career or in my career as an entrepreneur because we're constantly communicating, right? We're constantly mm, yeah. going out, telling people uh, what it is we do, what we have an offer and, and why they would benefit from working with us. So language has been a very important part of my professional career but I think even more importantly in my personal um, development if I look mm. back on it uh, you know it's one thing to know what to do in a working environment but there's sometimes a bit of conflict with the years of I suppose uh, cultural values uh, yes. that also have their own form of communication and what you just have in your social environment that that also has its own specific language. Mm. And it's taken me a good couple of years, but I think I'm, I'm finally understanding uh, what works for me. Yeah. I'm picking out with uh, what doesn't work for women. And I work a lot with women, um, for women, with women. And I've just become so aware. Uh, I'm, I'm very conscious of what they say, and I've become very aware of what the effect is on, you know, the other people sitting at the table, or mm. even what effect it has on me when, when someone, um, you know, voices themselves in a certain way or uses those phrases like "I'm sorry," you know, "Excuse me for asking this question," um, I, you know, "I don't mm. mean to sound silly," but yes. it, it's all of those like constant. Um, you're, you're basically rejecting or, or, or decreasing your value before you've even said something. Mm. And uh, I mean, I did that for many years as well, because as girls, as women, most of us are taught to, you know, to be the mediators, to yes. be the peacekeepers, to, yes. to be small, because it's a, you know, that, that's, that's a great virtue to have, right? Mm. It's, it's not a good virtue to have to be loud and as a girl. As a girl. Yes. So, um, and I mean, even in the workplace, the fact that we still speak about uh, women in tech, and I understand that because we're still such a rarity, we have to make it known. But if you think about it, it's 
the skills for at a professional level, what it is you do, how you share your expertise, why people source them. It has nothing to do with your gender. It's about mm. a problem you will solve. So the female bit or the feminine bit is actually a bit is actually irrelevant. Yes. But um, we're not there yet. So it's it's played an incredible role in in my own development, also establishing myself as as an expert. Mm. You know, not only from an external perspective so people perceiving me and 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 validating that but I think also my internal language to myself mm. not so good you know not voicing not trying to you know when you when you when you have a statement about something that you about your area of expertise you shouldn't be asking the person to validate you yes I think I think uh, I really love what you said, Ellen. There's so much in that that I just keep nodding my head about. I mean, <laughs> even kind of taking it back to what you said around those the cultural norms of how we've grown up around just I mean, for myself. So number one, for myself, I know I use this aging language, and I need to get out of this space because it doesn't. I know it doesn't serve me, and and as you said, it doesn't reflect what is inside of me in how I want. Yes to portray myself or just to be like we said right it's not about portraying myself as something it's actually the language Mm -hmm. that best reflects who I am yes yeah and And if I can add on that Inga it's it's also you know going into the psychological effect of words and language when I was growing up you know Mm -hmm. they what was the saying? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words yes. will never hurt me. And that's what you were always told. So mm. if I came home and said, you know, someone said this to me or someone was mean, then that's what my parents would repeat. Mm. And, you know, I love them dearly. But yes. to be honest, that wasn't valuable advice because we know and research has shown the impact of, you know, words that bullies use, mm. words that decrease your value, words that make you feel um, smaller, um, you know, than the other people. So it's not true to say that words don't hurt. So yes. we, we have to be mindful of how we speak to other people. Um, mm. But most importantly, how we speak to ourselves, because the moment I started changing my language, mm. It had the effect where I felt more confident because I wasn't asking for validation. Yes. I was, you know, relaying my my expert opinion on something. The response was, uh, I think, also, and you know, uh, mm. people aren't aware of this, but people then just take on what you say. It's it's you know, oh, that that's a fact. And yes. and thirdly, you know, that they don't question it anymore. And thirdly we just become better and we start feeling better about ourselves because our words are affirmative and, you know, uh, words are power. So it starts mm. with the words that you have in your mind, mm. Mm. the words that you whisper to yourself. Yes. But I think one, I, I completely agree, Ellen, but I think I know what, what I struggle with and I'm sure some of the listeners may as well, or may, maybe this resonates with them, but coming back to your point around um, how we grew up. So if I was told, mm-hmm not to be assertive or not to be too loud and to come to the table with humility and, and wrapped mm-hmm. up in humility is all of these phrases, right? That, that yes. actually stumble across. So it's like, how do you break, how do you create this new norm for yourself to actually say, well, I love my parents as we all do and love them dearly. And they taught us valuable lessons on how to deal with mm-hmm. certain contexts in which we grew up mm-hmm. in for that time but now we are in 2020 and we are in corporate and we find ourselves in industry where our peers are possibly more confident than us Mm -hmm. because they've also come from very different backgrounds very different upbringings and there's this huge gap in um you know that's the first thing like you're dealing with a peer that that is extremely confident and all you're sitting in the room is thinking how do i use affirming language so I guess my question, mm-hmm. Ellen, is around like, what are the steps or where do we start? Where does the work start? Does it start just with yourself? Does it start in a group of friends? How do we go about stop using or 
yeah, just stop using these these phrases that really don't serve us in being ultimately an influential leader or a person at whichever table we find ourselves actually at. Yes. So I think the first step is is just being conscious of 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 your own feelings. So it starts off with being aware of that feeling of discomfort. We may not be able to articulate that well, but 99%, and I, mean, I mean, your instinct, mm. um, you know, is just like this natural and, and, and God-given uh, surviving mechanism that yes. we all have, right? So when something is said that doesn't sit well with us, mm. even if you don't say it or you don't, you don't even think it, your body will tell you. So it's that mm. knot in your stomach or it's that sinking feeling yes. or something that just makes you feel vulnerable. And I think it's, it starts with yourself and being able to acknowledge that because once you acknowledge that sinking feeling, then you can start thinking about it, about like, why do I actually feel this way? Mm. And you can sort of like play this back in your mind. So it's a very concrete step of, okay, this just made me feel extremely uncomfortable. What were we talking about? Why did I react in that way? What did it actually trigger? So be honest with yourself about actually I felt embarrassed or Mm -hmm. I felt silly that they were repeating themselves. And then I think at the same time, you know, going to your point that we actually are constantly surrounded. We spent the least amount of time in environments where everyone speaks the same language and Mm. has the same norms. So that's usually, you know, like holidays or uh, the festive season with your family where everyone knows the rules and speaks the same language, basically. For sure. So at the kiddies table, right? (laughs) Yeah. The rule over Christmas when you were a child. Exactly. Don't Don't sit at the adult's (laughs) table. Don't listen because it's adult conversation, which is so conflicting. When coming into corporate. Yes, because then, <laughs> so then, exactly, you go into the real world and, and, and you're used to be sitting at the kiddies table mm. and, and people are speaking in a language that you have been told, you know, up until your 18th birthday, basically yep. every day is don't interfere with this conversation. It is not for you. Yes. And so you're trying to, you know, once you've got your degree and you start working, you, you have to unlearn 18 years of something mm. you heard every day. A lot of it's unlearning, but not because our parents did bad, but just because Mm. the world changed. And another sort of like tip that I found has helped me or a little piece of advice or Mm. little trick I use is I've learned to ask people the question, what do they mean? Because when someone you, so when you use the word, you know, humility, Mm. that word means something potentially completely different to me than it does to your mother, than it does to your manager at Mm. work or even a humble. And I find that word humility, very interesting one because we see it in South Africa as, you know, he's got such humility and it's Mm. usually used in a sentence with a man because it is something great that someone of such leadership or stature is actually also you know, just a normal person and humble. Usually when we as women are humble, it also means we're quiet. It also means Mm. that we are accommodating. It also means that uh, we don't ask difficult questions. And I mean, I acknowledge that we're generalizing here, but we're still on like the negative uh, or the downside of the spectrum. So Mm -hmm. before we reach that equilibrium, we've got to be a bit extreme and try and flip the balance a bit. So, and it's, as I said, it's, for me, it starts with this consciousness of how do I feel in situations? Why do I feel like that? Mm. Is it something I've told myself or is there something I don't appreciate in what the other person is saying? And when you're in a work environment you know, it's difficult to talk about feelings because it's not seen as professional. Yes. It's not seen as important or relevant to a corporate or business environment, which is also untrue because yeah. there's really just a lot of rude people in the workplace and mm-hmm. it's unnecessary and yes. they should be called out on that. It has nothing yeah. to do with being professional or, or the business world. And then I think it, the next step is articulating, you know, how you would want people to to speak to you Mm. so you know maybe taking some time uh speaking to your colleague and say can I speak to you for a second and you know you say I just want to come back on the point that you made in that meeting um you you commented as such Mm. and I noticed that when you said that 
you can say, I, I didn't feel understood. The risk in that is, is that someone can say, that's your problem. Yes. Or I don't deal with feelings. Yes. So I usually tell people that uh, depending on what kind of personality it is or what the position of that person is, stick to like the facts and the numbers. If mm. that's the language they speak. And once you're more comfortable in identifying what is potentially incorrect or this person has, hasn't understood well. Um, I mean, it's also difficult to say you misunderstood me and someone can reject that. Then yes. what you can do is then you can always go back and say, this is what I was trying to bring across. Mm. And what I've learned now is before I used to say, maybe I wasn't clear. I don't think I um, mm. expressed mm. myself clearly. Uh, I'm sorry if I wasn't, you know, I, I used mm. to use that. And now I just said, coming back to the point that you raised in the meeting, I don't know, agenda point three, yes. what I would like to say is that this, this, this has been put in place. Mm. And I leave I, the maybe. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's something as simple as that, right? Like to recognize the language that we use and kind of just get a bit to the point. <laughs> not, to, yes. not to say the sorry to interrupt or the maybe, so what are the words after the maybe? Because that's where the meat is. That's what I want to get across. Yes. I'm, that's yes. what I actually want to say. So let me just say it. I think that's such a great, a great little quick win that we can all just start reflecting on around what are those hedging words that I use before the sentence that I want to get to. And I think it also, yes. it's not even in just our spoken language. I mean, I know for myself, I often, even when writing out an email, I will... I kind of have to double check it for all those hedging phrases because I and we often should. do. And, yes. Until it's second nature. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Well, until, until, until you don't have to check them anymore. So uh, that's, that's another exercise. So mm. look at your emails and make a list of how you write, mm. just write the key phrases. And then what I, what I've done in the past and what I do is I, I've changed those sentences. So mm. going from, for example, I would just like to, Yes, is you know that that what a lot of us say. I would just like to check if you, <laughs> and now I say, uh, dear Inga, I haven't received your confirmation of, or I haven't received a response to your email yet. Mm. Please mm. advise when you will. And so, on the one hand, it may sound unfriendly or harsh, but then at least I'm not excusing myself. I don't have to make it sound good. I don't have to, you know, because I'm assuming already that I'm taking up too much space. Basically, I want to know if you have received my email. Oh, I love, I and love. so I'm leaving out, I would just like to, or just a gentle remind, no. Like, I, lo I love what you said, the, the phrases on, I should stop excusing myself. Like, why do we excuse ourselves when we're asking a very pertinent point? Um, <laughs> I, like, when you said that, it clicked for me, because I'm like, why would I be excusing myself? Why am I trying to make myself smaller? Why do I think I'm taking up somebody's time when I am part of this conversation for a reason so yes. let me give of my voice to the conversation because it's been asked for and stop second Not guessing only myself it's asked for it could it it's it's your responsibility if you have um you have kpis you are expected to to perform you know a task or a job or you're responsible for an, a department uh, mm. for for deliverables so it's not very you know, just a very practical perspective, taking out gender and taking out emotions. It's like, this is the task. My contribution in the task is this. For me to be able to make sure I complete that task, this is the information I require from you. Mm. And, and also, all of this also speaks so nicely to conviction, right? Like speaking, yes. communicating with conviction. Um, that for me is also something that I think most we struggle when we come into the workplace because like you were saying right in the beginning around that validation, we're looking for this permission mm -hmm. to be yes. for some reason and I have no idea why. Uh, <laughs> it's a complex thing. I think it's, a, you know, something generational mm. it's been around for generations and, you know, the world is, the world has never been as it is. Yes. And so in order for us to survive in 2020, but not only survive, to determine how we wish to live, 
how we wish for people to communicate with us, uh, how we communicate with other people. Mm. Um, it can't be based on something that was written 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, mm. something that was written last year for this matter. Um, even, you know, just looking at what happened in 2020 across the globe, uh, business models that were valid in December 2019 <laughs> are struggling now. So, so it's not true. even, you know, it's not even an airy, flary thing or a feminine thing. It's mm. just like, okay, the world has changed. I need to adapt accordingly. What does that mean in terms of how I do business, how I conduct myself, how do I communicate? Mm. Actually very practical. Yes, exactly. Right. It comes back to, to the facts. These are the facts. Yes. Like the world is changing. So let's also change with it and let's break down those, like unlearn what we've been hardwired to do and accept that, yeah, as adults in the prof as professionals, um, mm -hmm. it's your responsibility to, to build your own sets of your mental mind maps on how you want to be in the workplace in yes. terms of communication. And remembering that you're an adult. So yes. sometimes when we come from, you know, backgrounds that have been extremely, um, and that maybe sometimes are still um, mm. very confining or restrictive. Yeah. We have to remember that, that we're the adults, you know, sometimes we may be adult children in our, in, mm. our, in our social backgrounds, but when you enter the workplace, you are Ellen, the adult, you are Inga, mm. the adult. Yes. We are all equal. It's we're the... all equal. And the people around you are not your parents. They're not your yes. family. It's not the neighbor. It's we're all on a mission that we're getting paid for. Mm. There's something that we need to deliver. So there is no place. And I, I think, the moment you go into work and say, this is, you know, Ellen, the adult. Yes. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm responding from that space as well in my mind, then the game changes because you, uh, as an adult, we don't ask for, for validation, mm -hmm. right? We would like mm -hmm. to know that we did a job well. We'd like good performance appraisals, but we don't, you know, your, your presence is already justified. Otherwise you wouldn't be sitting at that table. Yes. hundred percent. And I think that's a great segue to the next question around, what do you, I mean, coming in and, and now shifting to this mindset of I'm Inga and I have full control on how I want to be. So what mm -hmm. do you think are some of the types of language or speech that, again, we might have seen women shy away from because we want to be perceived as liked or seen as perfect? I think that's another, another hot area around why we maybe use hedging language. Because we want to be liked. We want to be seen as perfect. Well, I, to be honest, I think that the, the society and even the business environment still also wants us, mm. wants to perceive us in that way. So it, it, it's quite difficult. I think mm. that the world still wants to, um, they, they do want us to be perfect because it's one thing for you to change your, your inner uh, mindset and language. But the rest of the world actually also needs to change along with that as well. Yes. So, yeah, how yeah. do we, you know, if, if I knew the question to that answer, I would be such a multimillionaire. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think let's be practical for um, the managers that mm. are listening in or fathers yeah. or friends or whoever it is that listens to this podcast. Mm. I think I would like to say to him and her, you know, I think for the person who manages or the person who leads, mm. it's to be conscious of the fact that someone that's reporting to you um, is trying to be perfect. Mm. I think, you know, there's also a mind shift in leadership that, that, needs, to, that needs to be made. I had this yeah. call um, the other day with a gentleman in, in science. He's a scientist and he was, he was talking about transformation and how there, there's a lack of, um, you know, a scientists of color black scientists mm. and, and how that yeah. how that needs to change and i mentioned to him and i said yes and there's definitely also a lack of female represent you mm. know uh, representation and he said oh yes that too hmm? um as a second or yeah like not equal as, as a second <laughs> no, well i mean not i don't know important. how he meant it yeah but to me that's how it came across yes. and i just thought it it's also his unconscious bias mm. you know maybe um and and we can't blame ourselves everyone i also i re, i relate easier to women because yes. i just you know we understand I, I, <laughs> we understand each other it's it's okay 
that, you know, a gentleman at the table doesn't mm. like really relate to me. But if you can be, if you just acknowledge your bias or maybe acknowledge that you don't know everything. Mm. And I think that if we can take out words like perfect out yes. of our minds as, as the people that are delivering, and we just look at what do I need to deliver? Mm. What do I need to deliver perfectly? Mm. The objectiveness. Um, the objectiveness. If we can start taking the emotion, and yes. I know I'm not supposed to be saying that, but if we can, um, if we can stick to the facts, if we can stick to the role, if we can mm. stick to the deliverables, then it becomes less about yourself. And, mm. and, and I think that's how I've just learned to manage um, not taking everything personal, that it's yes. not a personal attack on me, um, mm. but it's someone that doesn't agree with my recommendation or someone who uh, feels that I missed out a step. And that's okay because yes. I'm not perfect. Yeah. And, uh, and, that, and yeah, when, so when that happens, now I say, thank you for pointing that out. Mm. What I used to do was want to die. Yes, at recoil. The table. <laughs> like just like... Recoil, um, you know, go home and cry. Yes. I've been there. <laughs> That's what I've I been wanted there too. to do. In the numerous times. Maybe not even make it home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> make it to the bathroom. <laughs> or maybe just a slight tear. Like a, just you, you yes. try to tell yourself like, don't do it brain please not now right. just the just wet eyes that's all it is nothing else yes. wet eyes must be the air but the air conditioning in the room but for me it's been it's been not seeing this negative thing that has been raised as the only thing I, rem I remember of this conversation because I produced a report I got all of the other moving pieces working mm. I forgot one little cog Right. Um, you know, that's all it is. And I think we tend to focus so much on what we don't get right. Yes. And the moment you start daring to be conscious and celebrate what you get right, mm. you'll just be amazed at how much you actually get right. And the, and the, the things we forget or the typos that we make or something we've left out on the agenda or something we haven't considered is actually, I now see that as learning. Mm. I used to see it as rejection and that I got it wrong and that they'll never, you know, people will now doubt my incompetencies. And now I think, oh, thank you for pointing that out. It is something else to learn. And I love learning. So, yeah, I'm all you know, for I see it that way. So then I think, oh, okay, valid point. Thank you for pointing that out. Not like, I'm sorry. I'm blushing, you know, I'm sure everyone in the room is thinking, oh, idiot, idiot, idiot. No, I just yeah. say, oh, thank you for pointing that out. One, I'll make sure to add it. Mm. And I think in that moment, you also become the example. Like you're not shying away. You are telling everybody like, here's a teachable learning moment. I'm open to it and I'm taking it um, because I know if I do that, it will make it better. I'm not taking it personally. Um, and hopefully everybody else in the room also recognizes that when you're chatting to Ellen or you're chatting to Inga, you can actually, they're in a space to want to learn, to do better, because we all have our blind spots, right? So I can't, yes. I can't know everything, unfortunately. But if we have these advocates or allies in the room that, you know, know that in our truest, deepest form, we want to learn and want to be better. And I don't want to be seen as perfect. And I have to be more objective. If you have that person in the room, just pinging you to be like, Ellen, tell us the facts. We know you're brilliant, mm -hmm. but tell us the facts of the deliverable. It makes that whole process so much easier to be open to that feedback um, when you do send out an agenda with one missing point because um, yes. we're so hard on, each, on, on ourselves and we always want to be seen as perfect. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings, right? Like there's mm. this balance. I've, I, and ultimately, we've always done our best. I think that that's something we probably always forget in, in yes. trying to be perfect there's also this aspect of that. I'm also wanting to do my best. So I did my best in wanting to write out a full agenda. I missed one point. It's okay. Cause in that it's moment, okay. I, I, I did my best to write out a very well-written agenda, you know, yes. like to recognize that, but in yourself, um, you didn't do it maliciously kind of thing. And I think that's what it always comes back to. You kind of think like, <laughs> Oh no, I, like you're saying, they're going to think I'm the silliest person or the stupidest person. Even though I have all these degrees, they'll be like, oh, it's just degrees because she can't write an agenda. 
Like, no, man. <laughs> like, ask me another question. An agenda is an agenda. But if we yes. get to the nitty gritty, I'll show up. But <laughs> there's some guiding principles for our conversation. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you're so right about if I can accept or also, you know, accept this as a comment on my work and that I, I forgot something. Um, you, you do set the example. And something I'd like to say is like, you know, when you get when you've forgotten something or you missed a point or you didn't include someone in an invitation mm. um, and then the person, you know, someone responds to you and the whole world is CC'd. Yes. In uh, the email. Die. So we also, yes. Little death, and then it was, um, you know. Then I would also be, oh, my dear, I apologize humbly. I am so extremely sorry. Now I just say, dear Inga, thank you so very much for pointing that out. This is why I love working as a team because this is how we complement each other. It's been a busy time, and we're all, you know, something like mm, that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and then so I'm a- making Inga look good. Um, I'm acknowledging exactly. her contribution, and I'm not, ex- and I'm, I'm complimenting the work of this team. Yes, yes, and it's also a great way for to boost morale and engagement and a way of working together. Like this is what yes. we should be doing. Yes, <laughs> copy Ellen's email, team. paste it somewhere, <laughs> keep it <laughs> for when something comes up. Paste Ellen's email as a response in that moment yes and I think yes and I think that's how you also you know sort of like teach people uh, how you communicate and how you wish to be communicated with and not everyone takes that on but I think the more you the more comfortable and the more you can distance yourself from um, your soul being equal to that role you represent you know in this professional environment just the more easy it becomes yes Yes. Um, And I think also what what we've also spoken about, I think we've touched on a bit around how language, you know, how it trumps us and often not looking at the facts. I know we've chatted around this concept of self-promotion, basically. And I think language plays a very important part in promoting yourself. But I know that just the word self-promotion doesn't sit well with many I, I, I want to believe many women. Again, coming back to that point mm-hmm. of humility, uh, mm-hmm. how do I be, how am I supposed to be humble and then tell people to buy into my idea without seeming arrogant, for example. Mm-hmm. So Ellen, yeah. why do you think like about self-promotion? Why do, why do women shy away from it? Why, how, why do we struggle to do it effectively? How can we do this effectively? How do we get comfortable with this? Self, this word may be self-promotion or having to self-promote mm-hmm. in a space. How do we do that? You know, I think the word self is not, um, so this, this, the concept of self is something mm-hmm. that most women are not raised with because we are the nurturers, we are the yes. caregivers. Yes. And that by definition implies that there's an exclusion of self because it is never about mm. you but about people around you and the people that you serve Mm. so I think therefore already the self self is already a difficult uh, concept then because your being is not um, designed around that or you you know has been designed around it it's not for me self is not for me yes for other people (laughs) yes yes so I think for me that I would say that is the first part of why we struggle with that as women I, I joined a, a, a group last week a, a group of business women mm. and I was looking at their different profiles and it was very interesting to see how many uh, women say you know hi my name is Inga Davids mm. I'm the mother of two I mm. also run a business in this and this mm. I'm yet to see a portfolio I mean I've come across a few but yeah um, I'm, I haven't seen on any business network association of men or uh, engineers who <laughs> say that they're the father of two and also you know that's so usually I'm at the end Ellen that's usually at the end of the bio right like for men it's generally please, like please I'm, send that bio yeah. <laughs> I will I will usually it's like I'm the director of study oh and in my spare time I cycle and I'm a father of two and I'm a husband yes it generally goes like that 
Exactly. So I'm not trying to say that as women, we, we shouldn't speak about the fact that, that you're a mother, you know, like it's, it's not about us wanting to be male. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that um, it sometimes can be tricky in a certain environment when you introduce yourself as, as a mother and um, because in that, you know, if you're sitting at in a board meeting, Mm. you're sitting there because you're Inga Davids who brings on uh, who brings along with her um, scientific skills and knowledge and analysis yes Uh, I suppose in the tea break or we could we could use an example of something that happens in our children's school Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's relevant to the conversation but you're not there in that role and I think if we so again for me it's been having to um when I started off, now I don't shy away saying I'm a mother, but, mm. and, and not, not that I would ever shy away from that, but yes. I just see how it influences how people perceive you. And if you're in tech or in engineering, you know, chances are you're one of few females sitting at mm. that table. Yes. And so you're dealing with the bias. So if you're talking about self-promotion mm. In, in, in a business environment, in a, in a technical environment, they are looking at your technical skills. And remember, we don't see motherhood as a technical skill. Yes. So it comes with its, its own technicalities, but there's uh, a context well, for usually, that, right? <laughs> yes. So, mm. and, and the world just doesn't deem it that way. They yes. don't see uh, working from home. I mean, there's a re- reason you didn't become a teacher, right? Now, yes. all of a sudden, you've got two of them <laughs> at home the whole day, but yeah. you also have to come across appropriately and professionally in your meeting mm. and also share that knowledge that you have. So I think the self-promotion is not so much, I think you have to do it because men self, they promote themselves yes. all the time. Yes. <laughs> And and they've been conditioned, right? Mm. Tell us what you're good at. Yes. Come on, you know, <laughs> kick the ball. You're the best cricketer. Tell them you're the. Tell them how you know what your score is. Or mm. Mm. they raise like that. Yeah. You know, That's when they, when they young they fall or when they uh, fall off a tree or whatever it is. Our language to boys. So from 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 the moment you could crawl or walk, you were told you're a big strong person. Mm. So and true. that, in my mind, actually just continues until men are 65 and still like yes, still working. pretty much. <laughs> Those are the terms of engagement, right? The terms, yeah. the terms of engagement and the requirements to lead are that you can display, announce, and proudly state your expertise. Yes. Yeah. You stand for them. You're not standing there as... Um, I would just like to say that maybe if we look at it from my perspective, if I could just have a second to, you know, no. so, uh, in my opinion, um, there's a, we're going to run into a budget deficit if we don't do A, B, C, D, E. Mm. Mm. So something, if, if we're talking about self-promotion, whether you, even if you don't like that word, yes. start looking at what other people say at the table and start making notes and start copying and mirroring their language. Before you find what works for you. So again, I'm not saying Mm. you must become male Mm. because there really is power in these other talents and abilities that we have because we've been raised to be aware of other people's emotions, needs. So that's a very strategic ability that we bring in terms of negotiation, in terms of relationship building, in terms of communication, in terms of selling. Yeah, 100%. That's what we bring to the table. Um, But I think when you're starting out in in changing your mindset and in changing and, you know, I spoke at the beginning about acknowledging your skills, it becomes, Mm. it it starts by acknowledging what you're great at. Yes. And if there's certain language being used, use that language. Why do you change and say, uh, excuse me, if I may? No one starts a sentence like that at the tables Mm. I sit at. Mm. I really, I really love what you said because, I mean, it's so funny because obviously as a, as a professional, so with your technical abilities, you are almost more inclined to learn from a senior peer when it comes to how should I code, how should I do a process map, how should I write this piece of copy. But I love mm-hmm. what you said around actually listening also, using that time to learn from your peers in the, ter- in the way that they communicate and then take mm-hmm. the good bits and leave the bed. Yes. 
leave what yes. doesn't suit you. So yes. I'm never going to be an incredibly, um, you know, I'm never going to raise my voice. It's just mm. not who I am. And mm. I, I, I try to, and, and people also said, you're too kind, you're too kind, you're too nice. I, I choose to lead in a certain way. I yes. choose to um, approach people to speak to them in a certain way. And I'm not trying to change that because it just doesn't mm. work for me. It doesn't suit me. I, doesn't I, and right. I don't want to be yeah. like that. Yeah. Why, why exactly. should I have to? I, I can have the exact same message that someone else has without aggression. Mm. The content of our message or, or of the plan that we are, we're proposing is no different. I just mm. say it in a different way. But I think mentorship is there and we need to acknowledge what a huge amount of experience and also how, you know, it's also strategy. So it's mm. looking at how people get things done. But yes. you take, as I, you know, as you say, you, you take what works for you. You listen to the way they word themselves. Mm. And you also find that when you speak that language, they understand you better. Mm. And I think something I'd also like, just like to point out, if, if you're not yet comfortable using those words, because you also don't want to use words that you don't understand. Yes. That's also wrong. I mean, people do that. Don't do that. So it's, it's not about, you also don't want to be too unauthentic about what you're saying. Mm. You can, but it also, I think an, another piece of advice I'd like to give women that, that are struggling to be heard or not quite sure how to, make themselves heard is to mm. ask someone what they mean. Yes. Um, could you please just repeat what you said? Mm. And sometimes people don't even, uh, you know, it could, they just could have maybe like, it just could have just like flipped out of their mouth. You know, they're not yeah. sure. Yeah. They just, or they respond, they responded in emotion or they actually didn't give thought to what they were yes. saying. And, um, when you when you place that ball back in their court, you know when you feel oh, my, you know when your heart sinks or you feel that you're going red or mm -hmm. your palms start to sweat, <laughs> give yourself a, a lifeline by, you know, playing the ball back and saying, uh, "Could you just repeat what you said?" Oh, such a good and that gives someone a split yeah. second to either they sometimes they'll rethink, sometimes they'll become aware of like, "Oh, actually, what did I say?" Mm. Um, and another time, and if, you know, and if they did mean it, like, in not such a pleasant way, you'll mostly see that they'll start to battle with explaining that. Yes. And that buys you some time to then, so don't assume that you need to know everything and you need to have your game ready. You know, you have to have these quick answers because mm. that's what we also taught. Could you repeat mm. what you just said? With a smile. Yeah. Could you repeat what you just said? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Let, give them time. And you can ask them again. So you are saying that this, this, and this, mm. you no, know, we I, don't need I, to know the answers. Yeah. Let someone explain themselves to you. <laughs> and it's so funny when you say that, because I often sometimes sit in a room and I'm like, did everybody get that? Because I don't think I got that, but everybody's quiet. So then you, you're in that position, like, are you going to be the one that's going to ask the, can you repeat yourself? I think that's what we all struggle with in that moment though, because you know whatever was said clearly didn't land because you can you're reading everyone's faces because women face. yeah because women are really good at that right like that sensing thing yeah. and you're like no that yes. didn't land but okay well the other people aren't asking the can you please clarify question so i guess maybe yes. i'll keep this for the end of the meeting and go to the person afterwards and be like that point that you raised can you just clarify i think that's why Which we often don't also yeah but that's also a tactic. That's fine. Mm. Mm. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. We're not all overnight going to go and raise our hands. Mm. Uh, something I've learned that, that is, I found enormous power in anger is I have learned to be, uh, I went from not, from not saying anything to then quietly asking a colleague of the person, then moving to asking the person directly after, you know, the meeting or sending them yes. an email and now I've, and then I went to actually asking the question. And now I take great pride in being the person who will definitely ask the question. Yes. So <laughs> there's power yeah. in that. So people also look up to you. You know, when I bring a message across, I might also say something and not gauge the room enough. Mm. You know, because you're so deep in your message yeah. that you're potentially not picking up that it's not landing. Mm. So. It doesn't necessarily have to be ill intent. You know, once we start taking all of these emotions out of 
what we're all sitting at the table to deliver. Mm. Um, so someone's not trying to point out my stupidity. I'm not trying to show them up as being an incompetent lead. You know, all of the, if yes. we take all of that out and we just look at why we're sitting at this table because the job is to complete this project or, you know, I don't know, compile this yeah. budget, yeah. the input. Um, now people will actually either, you know, message me and say, Ellen, will you ask the question? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome that, that people also know you. They can be comfortable enough to also yes, ask Ellen to be like, "Can question. you actually just be the spokesperson today, please?" And I'll happily yes. ask my questions through you, though. But can you be the face for us today? <laughs> um, but yes, I also, and and yeah, the, yeah, and so what I've learned from going from being like you know getting all red blotches in my face mm, to mm. Um, saying, Inga. Uh, could you just please repeat the last bit that you said? And I now I'll have to say, I, I don't think I followed you. Mm. Mm. And it's actually not a problem. Yes. I mean, it's just, actually not a problem at all. Yeah. I think, and I, I save th- myself yeah. time because I don't have to now go back and, uh, you know, write an additional email, ask a colleague, go, but no, I just like, can you just please explain that? I don't think I got the last bit. And I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. What I said was, like for me, that's, there's so much power in this entire conversation, just for me around, it's so nice to hear another woman say, number one, you know, I've also walked the journey on, I also didn't know how to pose a question when I first started professionally. I was also shy. Because we were taught not to ask questions, right? Yeah, exactly. And, but then clearly you walked right, the, Don't ask questions. Yeah, but you found then in that space to find something that works for you. Like you took the little steps to eventually have the voice and be the spokesperson in the room that everybody knew. And I think to the listeners is also just to, to then recognize that it is a journey. It's not maybe that we'll come straight into the professional at at a professional table, whatever table we're sitting at and just be confident as Ellen to ask these awesome questions, you know, to take the time. Um, We are all on our own journeys around how we're going to get there. But I think in this conversation, there's hope, that it is a journey and we will get there but we have to be it was a journey for that leader as well that's presenting Inga it was a journey they didn't just stand up there and know everything yeah and and we often discount that I mean that's where everything we we I mean even in your question your your example around sorry the last but can you just repeat that I think for myself when you said that I was like I've never said that because I think for some reason if I say that people will think I wasn't listening and that's yes. a bad thing. And, and I don't know why that's a bad thing. Instead of saying, actually, can you repeat that? Because I really liked what you said maybe at the end. And I want you to say yes. it again so that it landed <laughs> again. correctly, actually. And yeah, there are many f- ways to phrase these things that maybe don't then cause tension in ourselves to think, oh, I'm not yes. good enough. Or I, they're going to think this and this and this of me. And it's funny again, because yes. we always think people are going to think something of us instead of saying, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be open. And if this doesn't land, it's okay. I can have the, the conversation afterwards. There's yes. And you, and you will, you will learn from if people also don't think it's okay. That, that's what I've mm. learned. The, the, the sort of shift I've managed to make is to move away from, I'm going to seem incompetent, stupid. Oh yes, I am actually, I actually don't know anything about this technology. Yes. Oh gosh. You know, yes. I, I, I've stopped thinking for people not my job to think for you and what and let alone think what you will think of me mm-hmm. my job is to ask the question because i'm carrying out a project and that that i don't get yeah. it's irrelevant actually yes. but it took me a good couple of years to understand that so that also makes everything lighter that also mm-hmm. makes things way easier because i don't spend hours thinking about what that person potentially thinks or meant yes and, yeah. and there's an art. There's an art to being able to ask the right questions. Mm, Leadership and, and management, so-called, and strategy has mm. always been seen as the ability to give advice, the ability yes. to advise, the ability to tell and to inform. Mm. But that's actually not the case. I think where, where there's true leadership, in my opinion, is if you, can, if you can ask the right questions. That is way more difficult. Yeah. 
than, mm. than telling something or than repeating uh, what you already know and the rest of the world knows. So mm. even if we just look at it from a very practical perspective of, you know, what's happening in, in technology, actually in any business or field, what you're seeing is that there are all these uh, people are, are suddenly becoming aware, corporates are suddenly becoming aware that we need to ask our users questions. Yes. Questions. We cannot assume that we know what they think or need. Mm. So there is, um, there's actually great clarity for yourself, but if you're someone who wants to, you know, be at the forefront or if you, if you want to reframe that thinking about, I, I don't want to sound stupid. No, you don't. Uh, mm. you, 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 you actually need to be able to ask questions. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not anymore about uh, problem solving. It's problem seeking. Yes. That's a 100%. great strength. But also Getting I love to that call. Yeah. But also when you said that whole thing around wanting to be seen as stupid, I guess we, we all have to get over the fact that we're not stupid. <laughs> so somebody can't tell me I'm stupid. <laughs> So therefore, all the questions I ask are actually very valuable questions, actually. Yes. Actually, um, yes. Like I've never thought, like when you, when, when, you, when you were talking, I was like, oh my word, why would I think I'm stupid? Yes. Why, why, Where does this come from? Because we, well, we can have another discussion about exactly. that. Another <laughs> episode. I, I, it, yes. I think it all then, it, it boils down to the first thing, consciousness of I, as a woman, mm. you need to be willing to say I, mm. I, yeah. and I goes with self and yes. I goes with ego and I goes with me. Yes. And this is a, I love how you ended that because this is a great segue to the question that is around mansplaining Ellen. I, I know we've all been in a room probably where we've asked this great question like, oh, can you actually just repeat what you said? And then maybe we were brushed off. And a gentleman maybe in our meeting asks or rephrases our clarifying question and the speaker may be more open to whatever. Why do you, like, mm -hmm. have you experienced obviously mansplaining in your journey, which I'm sure yes. you have. Can you tell us a yes. bit about that and maybe give us some practical ways on how we deal with this and not shy away from it? Because I think often again, we don't nip it in the bud. We, we'll no, just we roll don't. our eyes. We'll just be like, oh this guy. Yes. Um, yeah. So can you tell us about mansplaining on your journey so far and how to practically <laughs> nip it in the bud? Well, I don't all, yeah, I don't always get it right. So I mm. mean, it, it, it really does depend on <laughs> sometimes the situation yes. that I'm in and, and, and who's mansplaining to me. Yes. Um, again, I'd like to go back to the process of this practical journey. First of all, become self-aware aware of what triggers me, aware of what makes me um, emotional, sad, angry, mm -hmm. you know, those triggers. Yeah. Then the second step is questioning why that, you know, why do I respond in that way? And, and you don't have to share that with anyone. You're having mm -hmm. a conversation with yourself. So um, be honest with yourself because no one else is here listening, right? That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You can acknowledge your own yes. weaknesses or things that make you sad, whether you think they're petty or not, because it's just you. Mm. Um, what I've learned to do is, so I say things as uh, I will say, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to use a man's name. Uh, mm. There's sometimes also women that do it, but it's yeah, you know, we talk about man's name. I, um, uh, Peter, I wasn't finished speaking yet. Mm. Um, so I will now just say that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I will say, uh, Peter, you're explaining exactly what I just, uh, uh, you know. So I will, I will just call them on it, mm. or I will, um, I'll ask them what is the need. Yeah, it's a tricky one. I usually just yes. say to when when people start explaining what she's trying to say. Oh, I'll also say, um, I'm sitting at the table and I'm quite capable of again of repeating what I just said. Mm. Yeah, because that also happens where people said, "I think what Ellen's trying to say." Ooh, or I'll say, "Please don't no think ways. for me." <laughs> if you did, because wow, that would grate my if my being so much. Because I'd be like, if you needed to rephrase what I said, then maybe just ask me to clarify, right? <laughs> yes, but you see, exactly. Maybe you didn't understand. Yeah. So. Um, Again, depending on the environment, I can also, and you know, whether I'm mm. hungry or what time of the day it is, but um, <laughs> yes. again, you know, so sometimes it will just, I may just be a bit uh, 
you know, a bit short and, and yes. say like, uh, please do not think for me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and they will know I'm upset or, you yes. know, do not talk for me or I'm sitting at the table. Mm. And other times I will say, thank you very much for just repeating what I said. I appreciate the input. <laughs> I love that time. I love that. Time. So then I also don't have to spend energy on, on, on like being annoyed that they repeated yes. or whatever. I can just, um, I can see there's something positive. You know, it mm. must have been something really good that I said that this person felt they needed to repeat that. That's also true. I, I, like, I like that last bit on how you looked at it. Like, yeah, if, my, if what I said was so amazing, by all means, repeat it, right? And thank you yes. for repeating it, actually. Yes. I've never thought about it like that either. Acknowledging that what I said was top-notch and you wanted to yeah. say the same thing. I'm so glad I gave you a segue into saying whatever you wanted to say. <laughs> That's, a, again, a, my, a mind shift because coming to your point around awareness – um, there are many ways to look at mansplaining. But if I can look at it as a means of, well, clearly what I said was amazing, so I will acknowledge my amazingness in saying, thank you for repeating what I just said. Appreciate it. I find that that works for me, Inga. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people that are listening in and saying that's absolute nonsense. Mm, um, don't sure. do that. You're going to sell yourself short. I have to choose my battles and how yes. I want to spend my energy and maybe a different methodology will work for someone else. And that's great. Mm. You know? Oh, and I so, and, and, and so, as I said, you know, I might, I might just say, do not think for me, but yes. I may just also say, Peter, exactly. I'm so happy that you agree with me. And just, yes, thank you. So we, we're clearly on the same page here. Yes. Okay. That's a brilliant, yeah. Many ways to skin the cat. Um, yes. And each of the responses that you've at least provided us with on how to tackle this, each of those sorts of responses can be used in different contexts. So if you are at the boardroom, obviously you need to be short, short and sharp for the most part. Yes. Whereas if I'm maybe sitting with my peers, I'd use a different tactic. And it's just being aware of the different tactics that you can use. And the, I guess the, not the level of assert, like how you have to assert yourself, but if we're in a more pleasant, familial situation, I'm going to use a different tactic. Whereas if it's about, you know, making board decisions, then I'm going to I carry more weight in that discussion. So I'm going to assert myself differently. I think there's, yes. it's that understanding, like you're saying, it's not all of those responses are not appropriate for all contexts. Yes, exactly. It's and it's, it's, it's it's understanding the different context and how you need to show up in, because uh, we are not all the same people mm. in all places. You know, like so you, people also sometimes say like, oh, you're so different or you, sh you know, like uh, you shouldn't be different in different situations. And well, yes. first of all, no one should be telling me what I should be. Yes. Second of all, uh, <laughs> you know, it, also the CEO of, um, I don't know, a multinational is different on a Sunday morning having breakfast with his partner than he is in that board meeting. So, you know, exactly. it's just a fact of life. It's not about being different people. It's about responding appropriately to different situations. Mm. I love it. Thank you, Ellen. That was like, that just sums up, I think, our language discussion so well around actually the language that we use, number one, is important in how we take up the space in the rooms that we find ourselves, but also the mm -hmm. language we use is going to be different in different contexts. Um, yes. And to be aware of that, to be aware of yes. that. Um, and also to know it's a journey, you, I guess, with language and finding exactly. what works. And, and, and writing those words down, it's really an exercise. I mean, if you think about it, if you're learning a new skill, whether that's a new technical capability or skill that you're learning, whether it's... Uh, a new language, whether that be coding language or you've taken that French, mm. I find that writing down words is important because when you write the word down, first of all, you don't forget. Yes. Second of all, you can think about that word. Third of all, you also give yourself an opportunity to find out if you can find a different word. So mm. when you're in a meeting and, and just going back to the mansplaining thing, but not even mansplaining, just when you may, you may feel that you've been shot down, mm. write down the key words because you will forget when you're the person that's speaking out in a room of 12 and everyone's quiet. That's true. <laughs> so write down the words that the person said while they're talking that you may see differently. Hmm. and then write the words that you want to set off against that. Huh. So it could be words, concepts, uh, products, numbers, whatever. 
uh, timelines. Yes. You write out what they said so that you don't find yourself, you know, when you're like all flustered and red and your voice is mm. trembling yes. and, and now all of a sudden you actually can't remember what Peter said or Inga said. Yes. I just, I, I write down what they said, those key words, and then I write down why I think those words should be other words. Mm. Mm. No, I th- that's such brilliant practical um, advice, Ellen. Um, yeah, I think the listeners are going, they're probably already writing down their words and their keywords, I hope. <laughs> um, but Ellen, we've come to the last question actually of our segment. So we like to end off the show with a fun question around which woman would you want to have at your dinner table and why? Okay, I find that a highly, highly, highly loaded question. Because I know. first of all, I'm a mega fan of women. And if I choose yeah. the one, am I therefore rejecting the others? <laughs> Um, I get it. It's it's I, a it's a tricky question. I think everybody. It's has a very tricky question. So tricky. And then you I know, mean, yes, it's not just one. I want to sound clever. It, it is definitely not just one. And yeah. you know, we're different people in different situations. I think just there's two women. Mm. I'm sorry, uh, Inga. I'm going to break your rules. Yeah. No. No. Go <laughs> for it. Go. Tell us. Two. Tell us. So, the one woman that I would like to sit at the table with is Madonna. Hmm, interesting. First of all, because I am, of course, a 90s teenager, so uh, <laughs> and was raised in the 80s, so Madonna was, yes, and I was an absolute Madonna fan, but as an, as an adult now, I have amazing respect for this woman who has led the way, you know, before we had Rihanna and Beyonce and mm. Nicki Minaj and, and whoever we have, um, there was a woman who defied and who, you know, yeah. who laid her own pathway. Yeah. And she took it with the good and the bad. And I suppose, you know, you may not have agreed, but she was unapologetically mm. herself. And she has managed to evolve mm, and, and, and so remain true. relevant. She has evolved within these 40 years. And whether you agree with what she looks like now, what she does, mm. or whether she should or shouldn't be singing, she will mm. not let anyone dictate that to her. Yes. I find that incredibly inspiring. So I would love to sit at the table with Madonna. I can only imagine the conversation, though. I mean, like, where does one begin? Do you start with a, with a bra, like, like a virgin? Like, where yes. do you begin? <laughs> so much. <laughs> you know, exactly, to... to I don't know, you know, ageism now and having a boyfriend that's four years younger right? than you. And, you know, and it's none of the men are questioned about the fact that uh, their girlfriends are on average 25, 35, 50 years yeah. younger. <laughs> a whole different, so, what is it, generation? <laughs> yes, a whole, exact two potentially. Yeah. So I think so it would true. definitely be Madonna. Mm. And uh, from a local South African perspective, yeah. It would have been, uh, and maybe one day I'll still have that conversation. Mm. Um, it would be with uh, Winnie Madikizela Mandela. Oh, wow. It would yes. be with her. With Such that, a, mm. just, you know, being who she was, just being a woman so young and on her own and mm. losing her husband and, you know, having to just having experienced everything she did, the burden on her, the suffering, the judgment, you know, being this amazing woman, but also just being a woman and a mother and trying to figure that out on on your own while everyone, I would love to. And mistakes that were made that I think, I mean, we are yet to find a person on this earth that hasn't made any of them. Mm. And would they have been deemed as mistakes if, if it you know, if she, if her surname wasn't Mandela, I don't know. Yes. She is a woman that I would love to, to have a conversation with and learn from. Yeah. She's carried it all. I love her. Yes. Mm. Yes. I'd like to sit at the table with these bold women. Mm. Love it. Thank you so much, Ellen, for this amazing Thank conversation. You. I was looking forward to this so much. And this morning, actually, I was super excited. I was like, oh, I get to speak to Ellen today. So excited. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for the opportunity, Inga, to share. I mean, again, these are just these are just my insights. Mm. It's what I've experienced, it's mm. what I've learned that it helped me. 
but but thank you for allowing me to share what I have learned in in a not always pleasant uh, and very uh, tearful uh, journey. At yes, times. yes, definitely. Well, this brings us then to the end of our herbal story show. For the listeners, you can reach Ellen on LinkedIn. I'll pop her handle down below, and feel free to leave your comments on how language has shown up for you, how you walking boldly on your path, and maybe which woman you would like to have at your dinner table as well. And always, in closing, thanks for listening to Her Bold Story. And remember, be bold, be brave, and be inspired. Thank you so much, Ellen. You're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Her Bold Story. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I did. And remember, we release a new episode on the 8th of every month. So don't forget to subscribe via Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and many more. You don't want to miss out. Her Bold Story. In proud association with 168FM.